Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 24th chapter of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, "'Why do you look for the living among the dead?' He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. He is risen. He is risen. risen. Hallelujah. You are not quite ready for this. It's October. What are we doing? We're doing Easter in October. Even the Easter lilies outside in our prayer garden knew that we were celebrating Easter this week, but we are thrown off. I mean, we celebrated Christmas in August and Easter in October. What are we doing here? Maybe it feels a little weird to hear the Easter story today, but today, because it's not Easter, because all the fanfare is a little different, we can actually peer into this text with a new lens. Perhaps we can look at this and focus on some of the unusual things in this story. Not the usual holiday festivities and thinking about the meal that we have and all of the the things that are going to be happening as we celebrate Easter, but instead we can gaze upon the parts of this story that might often get overlooked. And surprisingly, I'm here to argue that sometimes we miss some of the most mundane and routine parts of this story. And yes, the routine. And it even starts with the women who arrive at the tomb bright and early on Sunday morning. You might be asking yourselves, why? Why, why Sunday morning? Why wait until the first day of the week? And yes, Sunday was the first day of the week, not Monday. And so for this Jewish community, Sunday would have been that very first day in uh, first century Jerusalem where they would have come to the tomb. Why didn't they come the day before? when that body might have started to smell and that some of that stuff was starting to sink in. 
Well, believe it or not, there's some clues in the text. As you can, as you can guess, there might be a few uh, clues that we have. And if you go back the previous chapter, at the end of chapter 23, as Jesus has died and his body has been removed, we get this little clue. Uh, so this is chapter 23. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and some ointments. And on the Sabbath day... They rested according to the commandment. Even if they wanted to prepare the body on that Saturday, they couldn't. This was part of their tradition. On the Sabbath, not even preparing a body that had just died, they couldn't go to this tomb. Sunday morning was literally the earliest that they could go and prepare the body. They can't work. They can't tend to the body of Jesus for this full day. Well, I guess there's a few other small details that we should probably look at, too. Now, first of all, there's some things going on in this story that we might miss the first time around. And and I think it's because we often only read chapter 24 on Easter morning, not chapter 23. But if you look, there's a few things that get pointed out, especially if we want to debate whether or not the women knew this was the right place or if they were in the wrong area. Well, actually, no, we find that the women saw the tomb And so they went to the right place. They knew where the tomb was. They saw the tomb with their own eyes. And if you want to argue that maybe they didn't look in the right spot and maybe the tomb was really big and they weren't looking in the right spot, they saw where his body was laid. And let's also be bold enough to say that in the story that we just heard Marlene read, that the women weren't exactly treated the best by the disciples because we've got Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and these other women with them. And they went and they tell the, the apostles what they had witnessed. But these words seemed to them, the apostles, an idle tale. And they didn't believe them, the women. An idle tale, really? What is this, fake news? Tabloid fodder? I think the men in this story are acting like this is straight from the National Enquirer. But can we blame them? People don't just rise from the dead, even though it makes for great plots and TV shows today. So Peter has to run and double check, just just in case. And as verse 12 tells us, he gets up, runs to the tomb, stoops and looks in, and sees the linen cloths by themselves. So what's next? Well, Peter, certainly witnessing this, goes back to the guys and tells them, Hey guys, we were wrong. The women were right. That's not how the story went. No, he went home. Amazed at what happened. But it's not like he tells us anything. Oh, oh, look, there, there is a footnote at the end here. Um, at Had happened. So maybe the footnote actually says something profound like, some translations say that Peter went home and told his friends. Think that's what it is? Think that's what it is? Footnote. Other ancient authorities lack verse 12. What does that mean? I think it means this doesn't even exist. It's suggesting that this entire verse didn't even happen. Some editor later on decides Peter should be the hero in the story. Yikes. The story essentially ends with they didn't believe the women. Now, Luke, compared to Mark, pivots. You like that word, don't you? We've pivoted quite a bit. 
And in this story was one of those very first pivots. They pivot to these post-resurrection appearances. Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Jesus showing up and eating fish with the disciples to to prove that his body would be able to consume food and he wasn't just some ghost. And these appearances prove that the women were right all along. And is there a lesson here? Trust the women. (laughs) The first time. Listen. Believe them. Because the apostles don't. They don't believe. And because they don't believe, the story gets kind of anticlimactic. Women are the first ones to be the evangelists to tell the good news, and it's not even met with doubt. It's met without any reaction at all. The women are overlooked. And I hate to admit it, but it feels like this pattern kind of continued for a long time in the church. Did you know that the very first Lutheran pastor, Elizabeth Alvina Platts, was ordained in 1970? 1970? That was just over 50 years ago. So think about that. Our church didn't ordain women before that. Many Christian churches still don't. Wow! Think about all of the really important voices of proclamation that we would be missing out on if it weren't for the ordination of women. I think about what a gift it is here at Faith Lutheran, how we continue to hear powerful women's voices proclaim the good news. Since I have been here at Faith, I've really been excited to see and have this privilege of hearing these female voices that we've been able to hear. Uh, We get to hear from Deacon Nina regularly every week, but also as she's able to preach. Uh, Here she is with Bishop Lull, how Bishop Patricia Lull has frequently preached here as well. I think about Pastor Courtney Young, Pastor Amy Orsted, Reverend Julie Wright, the Reverend Dr. Caroline Lewis. All of these women have filled this space with the good news. Deacon Amy Hartman, Monica Jones, Joy McElroy, they've all told us to cherish all children. Just last week, Casey Stanley showed up and told us how valuable a forever home is for every child seeking adoption. We've heard from Names like Amelia Espinoza. I will never forget when Amelia Espinoza stood up here, right here, and she told us the story about a man standing on a beach that was littered with starfish. And she, pick, and, and she tells how the story, the guy picks up one and throws it back into the ocean. And someone says, well, why are you doing that? What difference is that going to make? And Amelia said, well, I bet it made a difference to that starfish. I think about Lacey Waddell. Macy Roberts, Madeline Broom, they've told us about their experiences, how you as a church have fostered that, that ministry in their lives to have them tell us about it. How Vanessa Sosnowski shared with us about being confirmed in a pandemic when she wasn't helping us learn what the word on the street was. I think about the numerous other youth who have appeared in videos and led us in music. They've inspired us to be the church. And Faith, you walked alongside Marlene Elmstrom, who just so happened to read the gospel to us this morning as a recently retired pastor. And now you, Faith Lutheran, we get to walk along Pastor Amy Mihalich-Smith, who has officially been a pastor for one day. What I'm getting at, folks, is that this congregation has a deep, deep, deep history of listening. You've listened to the good news, and you've believed. 
You've heard the cries for justice. You've heard the loud cries of proclamation and you have responded. I remember the first time that I got to hear Amy preach. Notice she's wearing... Uh, some clothes that she got while she was in Africa when she had lived in Rwanda. She told us about the accompaniment model, how walking side by side with the friends that she had met in Rwanda had broken down those barriers and she was able to learn from her friends just as she was able to teach her friends. It was a life-changing experience knowing that together we can walk further. She wanted you to know something. She wanted you to know that you don't have to travel halfway across the world to make a difference and to love your neighbor. But Amy's story is kind of like Peter. She denied having any calling into ministry at the time. I, I just remember after she preached, everyone's like, well, Amy, are you going to be a pastor? You going to go into ministry? And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I know that reaction. But the Holy Spirit had other plans, didn't it? Yesterday, our congregation had supporters attended uh, Amy's ordination in person, and many of you attended her service online. This is Amy sandwiched between our bishop, Patricia Lull, and then her supervising pastor, Sarah Breckenridge, the, the pastor who led the sermon and who preached at her ordination yesterday. And after I snapped this picture, another man came up and he said, Wow, you know, the future of the Lutheran church is female. I said, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but it's also the present. And then I got to thinking, but it's also the past. I mean, the origin of that proclamation began on a Sunday morning when four, men, four women following Jewish death rituals showed up at the tomb to perform the routine, to perform the duty, to take care of a body. And what they witnessed was nothing emptiness. And it came to symbolize fullness and new life for all of us. Who would have thought? God has called Amy to share that good news, to run and not be afraid to tell everyone what she has heard, to witness the miraculous, life-changing power of the good news of Jesus to a world that is hurt, broken, sometimes angry, and lonely. And you, Faith Lutheran, have helped cultivate that calling in her heart. You, Faith Lutheran, have cultivated those seeds for the future. So I wonder how we will nurture and tend to those seeds as we go forward. How will we nurture and care for our young as we help them grow in faith? Well, believe it or not, I actually asked our youth all about it. I asked our youth, what matters to you? And I can't wait to tell you all about it. I can't wait to tell you what our youth had to say next week. Happy Easter, everybody. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen the tomb is empty, folks. The women told us. And there ain't nothing routine about that. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.